I am your host, Eli. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Groundbreaking Podcast. Be sure to share this podcast with your network and smash that subscribe button and leave an awesome comment down below. As co-founder of two highly successful New Zealand startups, James Robinson has run the marketing, IT and finance team of both businesses. James lives and breathes the fast-paced world of the high-growth business. With experience in industries ranging from tech to childcare and food, James understands what it takes to be successful, no matter the sector. With revenues exceeding $100 million, my food bag has changed the landscape of the online retail food sector. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Hi, James. Thank you so much for joining us this week. That's my pleasure, Eli. So where did you first grow up? I grew up in uh, Wairoa in uh, New Zealand, and I grew up on a uh, sheep and cattle farm of about uh, a thousand acres, and that was about as remote as you get for North Island, New Zealand. Was business on your radar growing up? Well, it kind of was on my radar growing up because I have a family history of, of uh, quite entrepreneurial people, people that have run uh, timber mills, people that have been uh, uh, judges, uh, people that have been involved in uh, the setting up of Air New Zealand from NAC when it was part of the National Airways Corporation. And I think that family history always made me want to leave my mark on the world as well. And so I think I developed some ambition early in my life to uh, want to also be able to leave my mark and, and, and have my positive influence on the world. Can you explain to my listeners what My Food Bag is and where is the business today? Well, My Food Bag is a, a recipe and ingredients delivery service. So uh, you can uh, order food bag you'll get all the ingredients you need plus the recipe to cook a delicious dinner uh, our brand front is the a lovely Nadia Lim and uh, the business uh, today it's well, New Zealand's third largest uh, food retailer uh, one of New Zealand's most loved uh, food brands and uh, it has uh, just moved into uh, uh, ready-made meals as well the launch of made uh, by my food bag, which is uh, a range of heat and eat meals uh, also. So my food bag is uh, steadily expanding into uh, the wider uh, food industry. What questions do you need to ask yourself when building a brand? The key questions. Um, well, uh, again, I think the key questions about building a brand is uh, what problem am I solving? Um so uh, you, you, you need to be, and that's not just building a brand, but that's building a business. So, so what, what problem am I solving? Uh, is there a real problem that I'm solving? And, and from that point, uh, understanding who, who you're solving that problem for. So, for example, my food bag was very much founded uh, to help solve the problem of what are we having for dinner tonight uh, for working mums and dads. And so it was very important that our brand uh, uh, resonated uh, with those people. So when you're establishing a brand, it's, it's important to understand the problem, uh, your target audience, and then make sure that your brand resonates uh, with those people. 
You are focused on changing the way people eat. How do you stay focused on that while driving growth? Well, that's a very good question. I, I think I'm not sure if we want to change the way people eat. I mean, I, th- I think I think New Zealand has, uh, you know, clearly an, an obesity uh, issue, and if we can help encourage people to eat healthier, uh, help teach them how to cook. Um, that's a wonderful mission and a wonderful byproduct of what my food bag does. But look, you know, at the end of the day, to achieve growth, uh, you just need to be doing what people need and what people want and, and, and helping people solve problems. And so I think the, the thing for my food bag, it's, it's, yes, the healthy eating component has been very, very important, but the uh, engine room for our growth has been solving the problem of working mums and dads coming home at the end of the day going, crikey, we've just picked up the kids from school. We've still got phone calls coming in from work. What are we going to cook for dinner tonight? Uh, and, and, and ensuring that when you do cook that, um, you know, it is healthy and delicious for your family. What have you learned about growing a brand in international markets? Well, it's very hard is what I, what I learned from that, Eli. <laughs> it's very, very hard. Uh, uh, I think if you're going to grow a brand internationally, you need to um, be very clear with your objectives uh, and you need to um, ensure that you are not arrogant in any way. Uh, you, you, you must not assume um, because other countries are very different from uh, the countries uh, you know you may be used to or that you live in today. So, and even if they appear similar, uh, the people uh, are different. And you need to not assume anything. You need to listen carefully, and you need to make sure that your brand is indeed going to resonate with those people as well. Uh, and if it doesn't, uh, then you need to change it. And that doesn't mean changing your logo. That might mean changing your proposition or your product or, or even your um, service delivery model. In your first three years, you achieved $100 million in revenue. What were those first few years like? <laughs> yeah, it took, me, it took me a while to get my head around that number as well. Um, y- y- well, look, uh, lots of things don't go to plan along the way, but my food bag... We did pretty well. My, my wife and I ran a, a business prior to my food bag. It was a childcare business called Opierlink. And we learned a lot of lessons and we made a lot of mistakes in that business. And by the time it came to running my food bag, we had, I think, learned a lot of the lessons uh, that we, we uh, uh, required to make my food bag very successful. So... I think in our second business, we executed uh, much better, much faster um, from those mistakes. So I think what helped my food bag uh, do so well, grow so quickly, is that we'd certainly learnt uh, a lot from our past mistakes in our prior business. So look, lots of bumps in the road with my food bag, of course, and, and things never go entirely to plan. But, uh, but overall, I think what helped us uh, execute so quickly was the mistakes in our prior business. How did you cope with the pressure? Well, I work with my uh, lovely wife. So um, I think one of the things that you, I mean, you never do it alone, right? It's always a team effort. There's, there's uh, uh, many masters of success, Eli. But 
it can be quite a lonely job at the top and um, there's often very little thanks that goes to the CEO and the CEO is often busy thanking and recognizing and, and rewarding others. But fortunately, when you do it with your wife, uh, you have someone that you love, uh, that you trust uh, and that you respect and that you can be really, really honest with uh, there by your side the whole time. And that is uh, uh, essential in, in, in my view to, to coping with the pressure. And I think that's what's helped us be um, very successful. Is it a lot different with you working with your wife? <laughs> I couldn't, I don't know. I don't really know what it's like not to work with my wife. <laughs> so, um, so look, we've, uh, um, we met when we were very young. Uh, my wife uh, was, well, she wasn't my wife then. She was only 20 years old and she was my girlfriend and I was only 24. And, um, you know, we, we grew up together. Um, so, I don't think we really knew uh, much of a, a different way of doing things. That was our normal. Uh, and, and, and it was the way we liked to do things. And, you know, ultimately we uh, work together well because we enjoy uh, working together. What advice could you share around building at pace? Building at pace. Well, uh, again, I'm going to borrow something from our chair, Kevin Roberts here. And he has a maxim, and that is uh, fail fast, learn fast, fix fast. And um, you never get everything right. The important thing is that when you get it wrong, you, you, learn, you learn from that and you fix it really quickly. And probably the most important thing about all of that is doing that quickly. Because if you fix things too slowly, then that problem can get too big to overcome. So uh, it's, it's really important you move at speed uh, and that you, you, you're, you're very agile and that when you encounter problems, you, 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 you don't bury your head in the sand like an ostrich. You, you, you deal with them head on, you fix them, you resolve them, you learn from them, you move on. What's your favorite meal from my food bag? That's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, well, I've probably got two answers here. Uh, one is in the very early days of my food bag we did this amazing chicken nadia had this amazing uh, chicken uh, saguala uh, curry recipe which was just incredible and that's one of my favorites but also anyone that's ever had a my food bag christmas bag it is again very very yummy with uh, my my probable probable favorite dessert from that was the black forest uh, chocolate pavlova very very yummy my food bag runs a subscription model. How did you decide that was the right model for your business? Well, we looked overseas and what other companies were doing, but, but ultimately you decide what you think is the right model because you think it's the right model for your customers. And uh, you think it's the right model that people are going to um, get value out of. That's going to help them. That's going to solve their problems. And one of the things that a subscription model did for people is that not only does my food bag solve the problem of what are we having for dinner tonight, but the subscription model allowed people just to keep solving that problem and just not have to even remember to, to order my food bag every week. And it was very easy. It's always been very easy for them to cancel or stop their delivery. We never want to stop people from doing that. The only, the only thing that should stop people from canceling their delivery is the great quality, uh, 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 service we provide but you, you really want people um, 
uh, yeah, you, re you really want people uh, loving what you do. And, and, and if they do that, they'll continue to be customers. And I think subscription was a really easy way for people just to keep solving their problem week in and week out without having to think about it. If you started over again, would you choose a different approach? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't, Eli. I think it worked pretty well. <laughs> what lesson in business has taken you the longest to learn? Oh, that would have to be people. Um, you keep learning to the day you die. Um, and uh, even the best people, uh, uh, managers and leaders, uh, get it wrong. And because, you know, people are, are we're all different and, 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 and all have different motivations and, and fears and insecurities and worries and, and trying to read people and judge people and assess that they're going to be the right person for the right job is very, very hard. And, um, and I think it's really important in business to be open and honest and very transparent with people. And because even if you get it wrong, if you're open and honest and transparent, you'll eventually get it right. What has been your best day as an entrepreneur and what has been your worst? Wow, my best day and my worst day. Um, well, my, uh, my best day as an entrepreneur was, was probably when we, um, we sold 70% uh, of my food bag, which was uh, you know, a very proud day um, for us to be able to realise some of our personal dreams, um, which was fabulous. And uh, the worst day uh, as, as, as uh, an entrepreneur would probably be uh, um, well, we had a very sad day in Australia when we were running our business over there. And on the day, on the day before we were due to launch our Australian business, uh, my wife very sadly lost her baby that she was pregnant with. She was about 20, uh, 20 weeks pregnant and we lost our baby and that was just the day before we launched the company in Australia. And so it was a very, very hard day. What do you expect to be the biggest change in f the food industry over the next few years? Well, that's a very good question again, Eli. Very good question. I would have to say that I think I'm going to get the, I'm going to use the non-politically correct term here, um, but fake meat. <laughs> I think meat, meat that is not meat uh, or milk that is not milk. Uh, you know, I think the, the, some of the biotech um, uh, advancements in that area is just phenomenal. And with sustainability issues and pressure on agriculture, uh, and, and the density of that agriculture, I think that is going to be massive um, and, and how that integrates with existing primary um, uh, agricultural practices is going to be very interesting. Uh, how customers uptake it is going to be very interesting. But I think at the end of the day, if it tastes just as good and it costs the same or less, uh, I think it's going to be revolutionary and, and it might not be next year, but in five to 10 years time, I think it will be revolutionary. Who inspires you? Oh, I'd say my wife. My wife inspires me incredibly. <laughs> if you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, I, just do it. One of the reasons that we work really well as a team, my wife and I, is that uh, Cecilia, she, um, she's very good at just starting. She just goes ahead and it's like the old Nike, Nike uh, logo, Eli, it's just do it. And um, if, if you keep dreaming about an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, if you keep dreaming about, you know, your dreams, you'll be dreaming all day, uh, you, all, all your life even. You have to, at some point, 
do something to turn those dreams into a reality. And, uh, and I think, you know, when I was uh, younger and the way that I was brought up, that was a, a bad thing. And you would be a bit scared sometimes about just doing it because you'd be scared. Well, if I just go ahead and do that, am I going to fail? Am I going to lose? And what I would go back and tell myself is, is that if you give it your best shot and you try really, really hard, even if you fail, it's, it's, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. And you'll get so much learning from that. And uh, I think that's something that we need to really encourage in our children today. Okay. Final question from me. Do you have any inspiring words for young entrepreneurs? Inspiring words to young entrepreneurs would be give it a go because you're not an entrepreneur until you are. You know, which means don't talk about it. Don't, don't think about it. Action. Action is what defines entrepreneurs. And just like anything in, in life, if you give it a go, you, you know, it, you, you'll never know what it's going to be like. And, uh, you know, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you get a great learning uh, from an experience. And, um, and uh, particularly when you're, like, when you're young, uh, you can um, uh, take lots of risks uh, and be really bold. And so it's, it's, it's a fantastic time uh, when you're young. Uh, and and uh, I think we need more young entrepreneurs in this world. James, thank you so much for joining and for your time. That's my pleasure, Eli, and congratulations. I think you are uh, the personification of what I just said. You are doing it. Well done. And keep going. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave me a comment down below and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your network. As always, stay awesome and share the love.